Hey guys, welcome to a very special episode of Full Metal Movie Reviews. It's a special episode where we were talking about our, some of our favourite films of 2017, some of the films that we didn't like, and uh, potentially maybe, maybe coming to a consensus on what the best film was for 2017. With me to uh, discuss all the glory that was, uh, is this week is Age. How are you, Age? Hey, Sambo. Good, how are you? Good, mate. You feeling good? Feeling strong? I'm feeling strong, mate. It's been a few weeks, actually a few months <laughs> since the last pop. So I'm ready. I'm primed. You're primed. You're primed. Um, okay. Confident about your selections? Yeah, fairly. <laughs> good. Pretty, pretty confident. Good. All right. Get, 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 get prepared to debate, son. All right. And also joining us is Dave from Sydney. How are you, Dave? Hey, man. Yeah, pretty good. Pretty good. Uh, how are you feeling with your selections? I don't know. It took me a while to actually really come up with them um, this time. I don't know if I could actually come up with a full list of selections. I definitely have a top two. I'll say that. Top two, nice. And do you have a do you have a movie that you're most disappointed in? Uh, yeah. But are we going to go through that now, or would you want to run through that later? We'll do that later. We'll do that later. All right. So, listeners, this is how it's going to work. So, basically, I've asked the guys to come up with uh, three movies that they really liked. Doesn't have. There's no particular ranking. It's just three movies, and we'll go one by one. Um, and if that movie appears in multiple lists, the amount of times that it appears will obviously determine the, the podcast's movie of choice. So, for instance, if Guardians of the Galaxy appears three times on everybody's list and that's the most appearances, then that's the podcast's movie of choice. Just an example, but I'm fairly, conf- fairly confident that Guardians of the Galaxy 2 is not going to be appearing on anyone's list. And uh, I guess the movie that we're most disappointed with, that will kind of work the same way, but there will only be one. And if maybe we'll debate which movie is more disappointing. I don't know. We'll see how it goes. It's the first one, guys. All right, so maybe we'll do alphabetical order. Um, Age, you're up. What was the what's your first first selection for uh, one of your favorite 2017 movies? Oh, it's gonna go Logan. Ooh, not okay. Not yeah. reviewed up by this podcast, but that's okay. Yeah, look, you know, I'm throwing it out there. Look, <laughs> before this is March third. Yeah, I think so. It was before we uh, came on air. Yeah, so it's okay. And uh, we got, we, we've got to run this one. And we do. We do know your appearances are far and few between. So that's right. <laughs> yeah, I'm probably going to mention movies you've reviewed. Some you haven't. <laughs> All so right, there we go. All right. Well, well, why? What's so good about Logan? Uh, I didn't really feel like I was watching a superhero movie or that genre. Um, obviously, I knew the characters, and I liked the story that was being told. I don't really follow the comics, so. I don't know if they took elements from that, but I'm sure they did. It's old no, man not Logan. really. To be honest, I think they, they just use they just use the name and the concept of an old Logan. That's about it. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. No, I just like the the development of the characters that we've seen for a long time now, and, and just the closing those. Well, I guess those actors are finishing up now, so it was a good send off. I reckon one of the things I liked about that movie was um, Patrick Stewart's Professor X. Mm-hmm. And he's Definitely. got dementia or whatever he had. I can't remember. And he freaks out pretty much every time uh, where he, when he never does get his meds and he pretty much stops time. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Has a seizure and like fucks up the world. But um, no, I really enjoyed it. Went by quickly. It was entertaining. You know, it broke the mold. I guess it was sort of like watching, um, not Blade. doesn't have that PG-13 yeah, you know, yeah. kid-friendly vibe to it. And that's what I really enjoyed for a movie that's uh, based on a comic book or, you know. Perfect. I guess X-Men. Mm, where does X-Men sit? With regards to its appeal, like is it young children or adolescent children, uh, and then adults? Um, yeah, the standard um, early twi- early early teens to late twenties, the usual demographic. 
specifically. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs> nah, you know, you know, the standard nerds, whatever the nerd age is, so late, early yeah. teens to late 20s, mm-hmm. even late 30s. But yeah. I would say well, it's probably definitely skewed to younger generation. Yeah. Well, I mean, Logan being R, R-rated definitely breaks that mold, caters for a slightly different crowd. Why Like, why is it an R? I don't know. I don't know if it's the excessive violence. Probably the gore, maybe. Mm, yeah, I don't the know gore, gore wasn't that intense. Mm, I don't know. I think he says a few, drops a few F-bombs or whatever. Yeah, okay. So, Dave, do you Make- have any thoughts on Logan? Um, no, not really. I didn't actually see Logan. <laughs> it was one of those ones I wanted to see. Um, like, the trailer looks pretty awesome for it, and I was actually pretty hyped for it. But then it came out and it was just like, nah, I'm not going to go see it. So I'll see it eventually. But as far as trailers go, it was probably one of the better trailers of the year. <laughs> there you go. So it's got a good trailer. Bingo. <laughs> yeah, <probably. laughs> uh, that's cool, man. So I guess Logan basically liked it for the uh, the fact that the, le- the runtime was pretty succinct. The story of um, of how it finished off Hugh Jackman's Logan and pretty much how it ended Professor X as well. What do you think, Caliban? Yeah, it was cool. Good addition, I have to say. I don't know. They changed the actor from uh, what was the previous X Men or the. Yeah, well, yeah, it doesn't matter. Real, yeah, <laughs> none of that matters. Which is fine. <laughs> no, it only matters to the fans. Like, want pretty much the same fans that cracked the shits over the last Jedi. X Men mm. continuity. They had a flip flop, left, right, and center. Well, we will again, I'm sure. Oh, they're, re- um, they're already rebooting it. So, yeah, nice. All right. Well, uh, we'll bring us Dave and Dave's first pick. So, what, what is it, buddy? What's your first pick of the uh, movie of 2017? Um, my first pick is probably not going to be a surprise to anyone listening to the podcast. Um, and again, because it's no particular order, American Made enjoyed that film. Like it was a sort of like a just a no bullshit romp. It was entertaining. And it did what it was supposed to do. Tell an entertaining story. The couple were a couple cool twists that weren't really twists, but, you know, standard movie tropes that you can tell coming a mile away, but it's still pretty cool to see anyway. And actually cared about the characters. So, yeah, it was an enjoyable film. That was a surprise movie for me because um, I remember when I said to everyone, oh, yeah, let's, let's review American Made. Everyone was like, why the hell are we going to go see this Tom Cruise movie? But I, I think it was pretty unanimous that when we reviewed it or saw it, everyone enjoyed it. Like you said, a good sort of light, not really lighthearted, but a good sort of action romp. And to be honest, I think that it didn't make my top three, but it's definitely like a surprise hit of the year because you don't really get a lot of those action movies that aren't um, comic book hero movies anymore, do you? Uh, I guess that's probably the, one of the main things that was just really refreshing. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it didn't do big money in the box office i don't think the majority of the critics liked it i don't know. i think the crowd score on rotten tomatoes was pretty low too um but i don't know it was just refreshing to see a uh, see something different in in terms of um the guy wasn't in spandex someone die in that movie in, oh that's me? you know what that's probably it. that's probably why i know everyone's a bit sour on this movie yeah you're right yeah. A, a, a pilot died and apparently Tom Cruise um, was involved or something. So they took Tom Cruise to court because he, he was he was flying one of the planes or something. I don't know. Yeah, sounds about sounds about right. Did not know that actually. So uh, there's there's that there's a dark cloud, I guess, in that sense. <laughs> I think it were two pilots. Oh, was it two? Jesus Christ! Yeah, it was two people that died because I think the direction they were given was last minute. Yeah, and I think the weather was a bit choppy. There's a few little contingencies, and yeah, I don't know. That's why they're blaming Tom Cruise because of his direction. He directed the stunt. Oh, he, he didn't direct, but he was in terms of the stunts. I think he was trying to he was contributing mm. to what he would want to see, and then yeah, he, he places last minute demands on the cast a lot of the time. But I'm not sure why that went to stunt men. So he shouldn't extend his reach that far. 
<laughs> not that qualified. <laughs> well, you can climb the Burj Khalifa, but it doesn't mean you can tell pilots what to do. Yeah, but I guess stunt pilots love it. So they're doing what they love and they'd probably love the risk of it, if that makes sense. Yeah, you're not, I'm sure. They- you're not flying stunt planes in movies if you don't love that sort of shot of adrenaline every time you, you know, if you, every time you do it. Good so, point. you know, think about age. What would you rather do? Would you rather die flying a stunt plane in a movie or have a heart attack at the age of 65 at your desk? Auditing some fucking report. <laughs> you know what I mean? Well, look, I'll take the audit report any day of the week. <laughs> you don't want to go down in the fireball? Mate, 65, I'm still doing this job. Should be pretty loaded. <laughs> Did you hear that, Dave? Yeah. He, he humble bragged how rich he is, how much money he earns. No, 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 not yet. It's got to mature. Evidently, on him. Oh. Evidently, not enough money to earn a decent mic, but that's okay. Correct. Um, yeah. <laughs> All right, so that's a pretty worthy entry for, uh, for you, Dad. I, I, I agree. I think that was a really good movie. Um, probably something I'll definitely haven't I haven't rewatched it, but I probably will in the near future. Um, okay, my choice number three. Now this is going to be a bit controversial given what I just said about um, superhero movies. Third choice was Wonder Woman. So reason why I like Wonder Woman so much was. Two things, really. The chemistry of Gal Gadot um, as that the naive Amazonian warrior princess and her partner, or sort of the lead actor, Chris Pine, um, his chemistry, so charismatic. And the chemistry that they have together seemed just really genuine and it was fun, playful. If there's one thing, guys, that I love, World War One and World War Two movies where Germans bite the dust. I love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. Give me enough. I can't. I just can't see enough of it. So the action sequences, particularly that beach scene when um, the Amazonians are fighting with bow and arrows and swords against the uh, German infantry, that was pretty epic. Second, I guess, all the th- yeah, the second major battle sequence when they're in the trenches and Wonder Woman jumps off the trench and charges the German line. Um, you just see the bullets flying everywhere and the smoke, the gas is, is pr- pretty uh, pretty good in its scope. And, and whilst, I guess, it was, it, like, yeah, it was set in that DCU universe where everything's got a drab and jury, this one had a lot of color, a lot of pop, clever, you know, a bit of fluff with the jokes. Um, the only thing that probably let it down was the the boss fight was pretty generic at the end. But, you know, Steve Trevor and that ultimate sacrifice and that plane at the end did bring a tear to my eye. So what do you guys think about Wonder Woman? Yeah, I agree. I agree with you on, on most of those points. Yeah, the ending was probably unnecessary and a little bit predictable. What do you mean by I unnecessary? Mean, uh, I don't know. <laughs> it's just been done. Like, you sort of half expect that she's just going to throw down... With, was it not Hades? Uh, Ares. Yeah, that, that CGI boss fight was pretty boring. Pretty bland. Yeah, like I'm bloody tarmac, for God's sakes. Mix it up a bit. Go go to the underworld, you know. It mm. wasn't that ridiculous. It was already ridiculous. <laughs> it yeah, it was, it was, I don't know, it was just a bit too much CGI. Matchy, matchy, same, the same the sort of thing. You've like, seen it once, seen it a thousand times. Do you think that inspired the villain in the Justice League? Seeing that they pulled off a CGI villain in Wonder Woman uh, and that was successful, do you think they were going, oh, yeah, we can get away with this? No, nah, maybe. I don't know, to be honest. All, the thing is, though, with all the comic book movies, they're all CGI villains, so it's like it's hard to kind of see a different direction that will take it. Um, I mean, the exception being Logan, uh, Deadpool. I mean, Deadpool had CGI in the bad guys, but they weren't purely CGI um, what else with the exception in 2017? Oh, no, Deadpool came out in 2016. But you get, you get the idea. Like, it's the, the, the most movie or superhero movies have a CGI villain. It's a bit of a trope, but I think that shouldn't detract from the first 
two thirds of the movie that were really, mm. really good. I, and I love the positive reaction that it was actually inspiring to younger girls to have a villain that they could, ad- oh, sorry, a hero that they could identify with and um, see themselves as. So that was pretty cool. I prefer DC Comics to um, Marvel. So it was actually good just to see DC finally get a run on the board with a movie that was critically and, I don't know, widely accepted by the fans and did really well at the box office. So when you think about it, when Wonder Woman pulls in a result bigger than um, Justice League, you know that you know they're onto a winner. Beat some of the heavy hitters. Oh, Except for Batman Begins. I, I don't know where they stand. That oh, no, it doesn't, even come, doesn't even come close. Wonder Woman smokes yeah. it all. Yeah. Mm. I think it goes, um, and this is all from memory, but I'm pretty sure it goes Dark Knight because that made over a billion, and yep. then Batman v Superman, and then Wonder Woman, perhaps? Because I know Batman v Superman made close to a billion just because of it was Batman v Superman, so everyone wants to go see that. But it should have really made over, or should have made more than it did. Um, but maybe Wonder Woman did beat Batman v Superman. Who knows? We're not going to go down that rubber hole. Dave, what did yeah. you think of Wonder Woman? Yeah, I enjoyed it a lot. I think, though, from what Age said, that's probably what kept it out of my t- top three. It was just that final third. Like, I thought it was a great film, really enjoyable. Would I go out of my way to see it again? Uh, maybe not. Mm. Mm. Do you think it warrants being in the best films of 2017? Well, I thought about it, so I guess it's definitely in the conversation. <laughs> okay. All right, all right, guys, guys, I'm really uh, appreciating this low-energy sort of <laughs> <laughs> sarcasm approach to this, this show. That's really good. Hey, mate, they're your picks, all right? After the first round, we've got one for Logan, one for American Maid, and one for Wonder Woman. Age, what's your second pick? Jeez. Uh, oh, Are we ranking them in, in what we prefer, or are we just throwing out our top three? Just throwing out your top three. No, there's no yeah, ranking. Right. Yeah, cool. Um, I don't know if you guys would have had this, but Dunkirk. Ooh, we maybe, 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 yeah. Talk to yeah. us. Why did you like Dunkirk so much? Uh, the authenticity of it. I mean, obviously, I don't know if everything was authentic, but I'm sure they paid quite attention to detail on, uh, you know, the costume, the the props. Yeah, it just felt like you're you're immersed in it. Uh, I think I saw it at IMAX. Yeah, it was incredible. It was one of those films that um, when you saw it, you, you, you're kind of dangling in anticipation, which is really mm. odd for a World War II piece because you don't really get – it's not like – it was presented like almost like a thriller where they escape the, the, you know, the unforeseen enemy. And you know they will because it's, a, you know, it's history, right? And you know that they do, right? But it's, it's, just, it's pretty, pretty inspiring how he told that story of three different perspectives and how each of those three different perspectives were all interlinked and ultimately sort of had similar, well, not similar outcomes, but you know what I mean? Like sort of all, all ended on sort of like messages of hope. You know, you could argue that Tom Hardy, he, he, he inspired. Probably died. But <laughs> probably. Yeah. Yeah. But he was pretty. He was a POW. Yeah. Well, yeah, he was a POW, but in the end he did, he, he was sort of like, he survived, I assume, so he survived the battle in his own way and the other guys survived the battle in their own way. So it was, and I've got to say that the, there's a couple of scenes in particular that really had me were the one when they're in the boat and the, the Germans are just taking pop shots at it and then and then the water starts to come in and they're like, uh, you gotta someone has to, you know, we've got to lose weight for the ballast so you can the tide can take us out. And they're all like in fighting as to who's gonna go up and essentially get shot by the Germans. Um, that scene there and the scene um, pretty much at the end where he Tom Hardy's run out of fuel and he's got that um, fighter in his sights. He takes mm. a shot and instead of turning around or whatever, he he just keeps gone and then he, he cruises the beaches a couple of times to to protect the um, 
the soldiers on the beach with any strafing runs. So, I mean, I, I, people say that one of the major criticisms of the film was that it didn't have a lot of character development um, and not a lot of dialogue, so you kind of didn't really empathise or really feel too much for the characters. But I guess at the same time, it's more like a situational thriller, like, well, how would you survive and how would you cope? Yeah, well, I think it took a lot of the good elements of Saving Private Ryan. There wasn't that camaraderie as such. You saw it on a, a broader level, but just a little, the fight, the fighting scenes and then just surviving and then the unpredictability of war with in terms of people just getting shot all around you and then you're just scrambling mm. and all that all desperate, the, the desperation in war. And it, I think it got a lot of that, that came to the screen. I mean, well, yeah, exactly. And and the, just the will to survive and what you do to go, you know, to make sure you go home. And the thing yeah. that I, I, I really liked about it was that um, it, you don't see the Germans pretty much up until right at the very end um, when they're capturing mm-hmm. Tom Hardy. So it's like it was just a different interpretation of the the horror of war and the experience of frights in this and being scared and just, you know, being paranoid and, and, and just kicking into survival mode. Um, yeah. This was this this made my list as well, so I'll, I'll just maybe jump in ahead of you, Dave. Um, but yeah, this was yeah. definitely one of my films that I that, that I was totally engaged with. The other thing that I really liked about this film was the run length. I fucking can't stand over bloated you know films, and this had a perfect run length, so it was never drawn out. And I don't think it had a lot of fat um, purely because the dialogue was just kept to very specific, you know. Um, short interactions. Yeah, I wonder how long the script was. It wouldn't have been that long. <laughs> Probably like 50 pages or something, maybe. If anything, the only character that had, or the character, one of the characters that had the most dialogue was the, the boy George, and he wasn't really a soldier, um, but it, all the soldiers tend not to, have to speak that much. Dave, what do you think of Dunkirk? Well, yeah, this was on my list as well. Ooh! Um, Ooh. <laughs> Trifecta. Trifecta, Four. three points. Yeah, I think it had to be. Pretty much agree with everything you said, Sam. Like, can't disagree with any of that. It was um, pretty solid film in all regards. Had um, it was uh, probably some of the most atmospheric film I've ever experienced. I also, it kind of felt like um, I suppose you notice with the dialogue not really being there, but that's probably the mo- the closest you'll get to like a purely director's film, other other than it being a silent movie. If that makes sense. So you're really getting. You're interacting more with the director than what you are the actual actors, which I didn't mind because I think when you're telling a historical piece like that, that kind of um, goes a long way. Um, yeah, and I think it probably had one of the most iconic scenes in any movie that I've seen in recent years. And for me, that was Tom Hardy on the beach, standing by his um, uh, plane out of air, uh, out of gas, the Spitfire, just sort of chilling with the flare. It was awesome. Like, really one of the most iconic how good is it? Cinema. How good is it? How, good, how did it good do the cinematography looked? Seeing that 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 Spitfire in flames, Winston Churchill's speech being read out, and this is like, yes, take it, Krauts. We'll never surrender, Nazis. Eat it, eat it. <laughs> yeah, oh, so good. theme. Yeah, <laughs> I love, honestly love seeing German. I shouldn't say Germans, but Nazis getting their butt kicked. I love it. Love World War Two we films. Were, uh, Chance and I were also lucky enough to see that in the the. The special screening in the um, what's the name the celluloid where they do the what millimeter is it Sam? Yeah, yeah, I know what you're talking about the uh, 45 mil. 
maybe yeah the, the ultra wide like the yeah. old school yeah that was sick that added a lot of texture to it the only thing i'll say for it was i really wish someone had um warned me about the uh the time sequences just so i could I, it uh, wouldn't have taken me longer to work out the fact yeah. that they were all running at the same time just overlapping different periods yeah that makes sense yeah, I mean, that's the, only, that's the only thing I wish I knew beforehand. I mean, I I've, I got it on um, Blu-ray, and it makes more sense the second viewing. If, but obviously, you know that going in. But if you knew that going in your first screening, you probably wouldn't get that sense of oh, this is all over the same day. Like it actually just, or maybe you did that intentionally for like a not like a twist, but like a sort of subtle nuance. I don't know, but it did take a while for me to click that as well. Tarantino-esque. In that time, like Pulp Fiction, sort of happening at once. Don't know if I'd say that. Um, there, not not the story itself, but the the timing. Um, Nolan does a lot of time time twisty things like that, though, in all his films. So, like Memento, uh, what's the one with Al Pacino and Robin Williams? Is like the serial killer. Um, you know, there's like he's in he's in Alaska, and there's no day. It's, it's all daylight, twenty four seven. So there's no night time. So you got no reference of what time it is there. Um, yeah, Inception as well. Yeah. So that sort of stuff. He does like he does, he he doesn't generally like a linear sort of um, storyline. So Interstellar, White Rose, I think he's White Rose. Big pardon? No, that's right. Did no one watches Mr. Robot? No. <laughs> oh. uh, it's on the list. I'll get there eventually. Yeah. That reference is lost on us. Yeah. yeah cut so- it out. <laughs> I wouldn't say I wouldn't say I kind of wouldn't say it's um. Pulp Fiction-esque, Tarantino-esque, I'd say it's very Nolan-like to give us a, a non... Well, not, it is a linear story, but a, a, a different interpretation of a linear story. Okay. Yeah, that's fine. Just ignore what I said. <laughs> <laughs> fucking, you're fucking highballs, all right? You're coming here after four months no, it's off. Like that they're fucking around with the timeline and they're both critically acclaimed. <laughs> Fair <All right>. enough. <laughs> it's not a coincidence. Fair enough. Actually, the other one thing I didn't like about that film was George. The George subplot, I don't know. If, I know it said it didn't have a lot of fat, but it just felt, that felt a bit forced when he fell and, and um, he died. No, he died. Yeah. For God's sake. As, 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 as Rob said um, on the review, he's pretty much said he, he, it, it takes a lot of effort to fall from that height and kill yourself. So, <laughs> <laughs> yep. so I, I don't know. I thought that was a bit forced. All right, so let's do the tally. So, so far we've got um, Logan on one, uh, American Maid on one, Wonder Woman on one, Dunkirk on three. So I think based on that, Dunkirk's looking like clear favorite to be 2017's Movie of the Year award. Um, but let's jump into that final round. Uh, let's go. Maybe let's change it up with David. David, what was your final pick for 2017? Um, so this is where... Yeah, I really struggled, and I did genuinely think about it, spend a bit of time thinking about it. But um, I, I can't actually pick a third, third top film. I didn't think it was that great a year for for movies. Jesus! If I so- if I'm going to pick one, I'm going to pick the Disaster Artist. Oh my god! Oh, okay. <laughs> and, okay. And I haven't even seen that. Oh yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I actually thought it was a pretty pretty average year. Like I've got a clear one that really pissed me off. And I was hoping mm. that Star Wars was going to be that third movie that was going to mm. be awesome, but it wasn't. Hot take. Hot take. Yeah, I don't know. It's um, yeah, it's a bit of a shit go for us all, really. Um, <laughs> I uh, disagree. I thought we had a couple of good films. Um, all right, but that's okay. 
whatever. I thought we had two good films as well, American Made Dunkirk. <laughs> okay. Um, let's uh, maybe uh, age. Uh, you, got, you come prepared, mate? Probably you got a third film? I, I don't think you're going to like it, but Thor Ragnarok. Mate, it's a safe space here. Everyone's opinion is, is valid and welcome. Talk I'm bracing myself. Go on. Why is Thor Ragnarok worthy on being that list? Well, look, maybe I've got a pretty childish sense of humor, but I enjoyed the satire in the <laughs> movie. I was going to say humor again, but I wanted to use a different word. <laughs> uh, the humor in yeah, the movie but, was humorous. Yes, very. <laughs> the, the characters, Jeff Goldblum, you know, standard Jeff Goldblum. And then, uh, look, there's a bit of backlash with um, was the Rock character. Oh, fuck, I forgot his name. It was played by the director. It was voiced by the director. The brew guy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, with his speech, he's not supposed to be being that laid back, which I didn't give a shit, but I appreciated that character. And then, yeah, the fact that they didn't they didn't care about, like, Thor getting the shit beaten out of him, you know, losing an eye, getting belted by Hulk and then his sister. It was good. He, he wasn't always just winning. And, like, you just... I mean, eventually he did. He was just throwing lightning bolts around. Yeah. But, yeah, the thing I like, so I guess me and you have the same sort of sensibilities where we do like pop fiction more than I'd say. No, that's not fair. I wouldn't say we like it more than Dave. We like superhero genre, movie genre probably more than Dave, not necessarily pop fiction. But we joy like um, sort of puffy, you know, lighthearted action comedy almost sort of movies. Um, now, this film I did enjoy. I, I like the first half particularly with him sort of being super confident and then mm. sort of losing that confidence and trying to find out or rediscover who he is. And then at the end, coming it back super more powerful. They doesn't need the hammer. He can control the lightning himself. But yeah. I, for me, I don't know. Overall, the plot was just a bit blah. Um, I was kind of disappointed with Kate Blanchett. I thought she originally was pretty good, but I've rewatched this recently. And I, I got to say, it doesn't hold the appeal that it did initially. And I've got a feeling that, and Dave, you might be able to back me up on this, but they play um, Led Zeppelin's Immigrant Song, right? And I've got a theory that you can pretty much play that song to any action sequence. It will prove the action sequence by like 10, if that makes sense. So it doesn't matter what you put on the screen. If you've got that song playing, you're going to enjoy it. Yeah, yeah. I agree. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> yeah. So I feel like we're kind of duped by a pretty cool soundtrack I wouldn't say it is bad necessarily, but it the hype machine was pretty hard for that one, and I kind of feel like we got a middle of the road sort of end product. Can I can I ask you something? I want to throw sure. this out there. Uh, the immigrant song, right? To the casino sequence in Star Wars, does it lift it? <laughs> oh wait, which the, when they're running on those um, camels, space camels? <laughs> yeah, to finish that scene off. Yeah, do you reckon does. that lifts that scene? Yeah, it does, hundred percent. Yeah, actually, least, I reckon I agree. It's almost watchable then. Yeah, because at the very <laughs> end, if nothing more, you're listening to Led Zeppelin Immigrant Song. You know yeah, what I mean? that's right. Yeah. As opposed to just watching some dumb shit. So, I don't know, Age. I, I would say that if I had to put Wonder Woman, if I had to put all the superhero movies that we got this year, Wonder Woman, Thor, uh, Guardians of the Galaxy. Um, Justice just, League. Yeah, Justice League. All those together. I would say Wonder Woman would probably be the the best out of that lot, and that's why I chose Wonder Woman. Well, yeah, that's your opinion. That's fine. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 
All right, well, but then like, sell me on it, Age. Sell me, another, no, look, sell me it on it. The movie didn't take itself too seriously. Yeah, that's a, It did that's what it needed plus. to. Yeah, and I think that's what made it good. Like Mark Ruffalo jumping out of the plane and then, you know, appearing to be dead on the bridge. Yeah, that's pretty funny. <laughs> yeah, it was like, wow, I did not expect that. <laughs> you know, oh, stuff. yeah, that's right, because he's meant to jump, he's meant to turn into Hulk, but he doesn't, and he just lands yeah. on the bridge, and it's like, boom, yeah. yeah. Dies, well, apparently. Yeah. You know, that's it, pre- that sort of stuff. That's pretty funny. That's pretty I think funny. that's the director's touch anyway, because he seems like that sort of guy in all the interviews I was watching in the build-up. Mm. I, I I love I love that sort of entertainment, light action, comedy sort of stuff element. Um, mm. But I don't know. I just thought the storyline was a bit meh overall. I mean, it's it's hard to say because if if you listen to this, listeners, and then you go back today, listen to that Thor Ragnarok review that not many of you did, I might add. <laughs> um, <laughs> you probably Shame see. Yeah, shaming, shaming Rob, uh, perhaps as a presenter, but um, you kind of I might contradict myself, but because I've seen these movies um, each t- a couple of times now, just you know to refresh my memory, um, and I, I'd, I'd say that yeah, it's just the, re- the rewatch factor is pretty low because there's a big chunk in the middle when he's just like fig- trying to figure out what that planet is and whatnot. There's a bit meh, meh. Yeah, I mean, you could say that about a lot of movies these days. Yeah, you can. But it's really like a one, one-off one sort of viewing. Rewatch quality is not really there. Or would you I'd, say... I'd Dunkirk. I'd probably yeah. rewatch Dunkirk. Yeah. Would you say um, that Thor... Well, I guess you would say it, though. But okay, so Guardians of the Galaxy 2 was kind of similar, right? In that light action... Oh, too similar to the first one. Yeah. Okay. And it, yeah, I think they were trying a little bit too hard. Yeah, I thought that was an average film overall, actually, Guardians mm-hmm. 2. Like, I enjoyed it, but it was like, I did check my watch once. Mm-hmm. I thought the end fight and the boss fight was a bit shit, too. That cloud and the, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, okay. I'll give you no age. I'll accept it. Their entry is accceptable. So we've got one for <laughs> Thor Ragnarok. How about that? Okay. That was a hard fight. <laughs> so basically, listeners, um, Dunkirk is the winner. So I'll just quickly very talk, talk about my um, third... Uh, my third film that I chose. Now, it's not a film that came out in cinemas. It's a Netflix movie called Okaja. And it's about the, um, the, the the Netflix South Korean film about um, a, a girl, I think her name is Maja or me. I can't remember how to pronounce that name, and her connection with her pet Okaja, the pig. And I just found that to be one of the most refreshing stories I've seen in, in ages where it was completely original. Um, the interaction between the girl and the CGI pig was was really really well thought out planned connected it really they connected very well um, got me emotionally invested into their story and their relationship and most importantly the survival of Acacia which is a hard thing to do given that I'm made out of stone um, and I think the villains were all excellently portrayed and they all had I guess motives that that are very humanistic in the sense that um, like Jake Gyllenhaal's character, he just wanted to, I don't know, get back on top as the best premier, um, I don't know, biologist, I guess, and to slash entertainer. And um, Tilda Swinton's uh, character wanted to step out of the shadow of her father and uh, bring her corporation into a new precedent gold or unprecedented age of um, success and like a golden age for her, her company. 
And it was just, um, I thought everyone gave a great performance. Um, the characters were all really well done. Um, it gave us some pretty good social commentary on um, over farming and our reliance on meat and what that does to the environment. Um, but it didn't give it in like a ham-fisted way that most Hollywood films um, present such probably heavy social issues. It gave it in a way that was pretty entertaining and, and it ultimately did make you think about the larger issue at hand. Um, my only real criticism of the film was that the CGI pig was probably a bit dodgy. I mean, it was a Netflix movie, so the budget probably wasn't as wide as what or big as or large, I should say, as what other feature films get. But it was serviceable, so... Um, I, I'm not sure if you've seen it, Age. I know, Dave, you've seen it, but... Yeah, I've seen it. Oh, you've seen it? What do you think of yeah, okay, yeah. Okay, yeah, no, it pretty much, as you said, um, it ended on a bit of a bittersweet note because you sort of see them walking past all the other pigs. And yeah. It's like, mm, not, the, not the best ending. <laughs> it's, it, was a pretty hol- it was very much like a holocaust, wasn't it? Yeah. All the pigs oh. are in the camp and they know that they're going to die. It's actually pretty depressing. Yeah, so, I mean, that, that was probably the only criticism I had. The rest of it, yeah, it was lighthearted. It was entertaining. Uh, pretty good for Netflix, to be honest. Well, I mean, compared to what they're producing now. Fucking well, right. I mean, Jesus Christ, Netflix are bringing their game, man. I'm telling you, if I can stay at home and watch a movie of that quality, like on a Friday night when it gets released, as opposed to have to sit in a cinema with, with other fucktards and listen to them open up packets of food and shove stuff in their mouths. Phones. Jesus have to go, Christ. have to go to the toilet every two seconds. Sticky seats and whatnot. <laughs> By all means, yeah. I'll stay home and watch on Netflix. And I'm not one of those auteurs where where they go, oh, you can't because it's not, you know, cinemas about going to the movies and seeing it on the big screen. The no, romance. fuck off. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> fuck off. You know what I mean? It's like romantic. <laughs> yeah, I got a 65 inch. It's fine. Mm. It looks great. The picture looks fantastic. I'm comfortable. I'm in my I'm in my element, dickhead. All right. Dave, what did you think of uh, Okaja? I actually did enjoy that, to be honest. You did? I think it's a solo. No, I did. Oh, I did. Oh, you did. You did. Yeah. I actually think that's... Um, um, yeah, I would actually agree that that should probably be up there um, as on that list. Okaja's got two. Well, okay. So I think I agree with you. Okay. A couple of reasons. It was... um, Like, I'm a pretty solid meat eater. So I... <laughs> morally, I actually don't have an issue with, like, chomping down on some pork and i actually think that 90 percent of the world's issues would be solved if a few billion people decided to taste a sweet sweet pancetta but what i'm um sweet pancetta just saying like with all the conflict in the world it, like it's, it would really come down to the fact that a billion people decided not to eat pork um uh, okay <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying, so it, I'm a pretty big proponent of it. But morally speaking, I actually do hate um, commercial farming, though, because um, I, like, I don't like the way that sort of like the mass production of it. Totally agree that, that something needs to change from that regard. So that sort of resonated a lot. Um, and I agree that, you, you know, they told it in a fairly, like it was told in an entertaining way. It was one of those, like you read a book as a kid, and you're smart, like the author knows you're smart enough to get what the message is behind the book and doesn't have to slap you over the head with it. And you're like, yeah, okay, I get it. Like, don't be a wanker in life. And yeah, I yeah. just thought that movie did it really well. And the cast was actually surprisingly like staunch for a Netflix oh, movie, which really fantastic. surprised me. Mm-hmm. So I, I reckon that really added it. And I actually, I, I like Jake Gyllenhaal. I've liked him ever since um, Donnie Darko. I've 
enjoyed most of what he's done in his career. Um, mm. So for me, like his characters that he plays are quite varied. So I don't know if you saw Nightcrawler, Sam. Yeah, I did. I did. Yeah. Like he he plays the creepy guy really well, and then to see him do the um, this like crazy doctor. Yeah. It was just like he's he's got a really cool uh, skill set. So I don't know. I actually agree. I think like in hindsight, for the year that was, um, I, sorry, did you pronounce o- 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 Ocasia? Oh, o- I don't know. I can't remember. I, 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 I have an idea. I don't know. Ocasia. O- o- it's probably Ocasia. But I, I'm, yeah, yeah. I'm no, not... but I, yeah. So I'm on board. Yeah, I would agree. I, I would actually list that as the third, um, the third film because I remember it very well and. It was a much more enjoyable experience than other films I saw this year. I and, and the thing that that I really liked about this film that is that it triggered me to research the issues a bit more. So after I watched this, I kind of watched a few other films like Food Inc. on Netflix and stuff, and you realise how bad commercial farming um, for meat is, and how it's literally polluting society or the environment. Um, there's a, a farm I can't remember in that documentary Food Inc. where the township is being poisoned by the waste from the pigs. Um, because they're just pumping the sewage out into like the open, and it's literally poisoning water supplies and killing off um, vegetation because it's that pungent and, and, and that toxic. And that's because so it's in America, America, there, right? Yeah, it's in America, but that's, that, yeah, that's not because like, <laughs> not because of the um, what the pigs are uh, not because it's pig shit per se, but because of the hormones and the bullshit that they're pumping into the pigs, it makes their waste like a heavy pollution. It's a good lesson though because what could have happened to the Australian meat industry and it may even still happen over the next like 15 years if people are pretty, pretty staunch in like not allowing the hormones and all that like steroids and shit like that to be pumped into them. It's crazy and the, what it's they do to the chickens is mental. It's actually mental what they do to the chickens as well. Mm-hmm. Um, to, 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 the, to make the wheat meat as white as possible because apparently and in Australia the chicken meat is pretty white but Originally, chicken meat um, is meant to be like a yellow, like an off yellow sort of thing. Um, yep. Yeah, and they they almost bleach it to the point so it's white, so it looks, I guess, more aesthetically pleasing. So but what you're saying is, is they're racist about their food as well. <laughs> yeah, well, well, yeah, pretty much. Well, if you see yellow, if you see yellow chicken, you think, "Oh, what the fuck's wrong with that?" But no, that's how chicken's meant to be. Man, it always has been yellow, like. It's crazy. It's it's just it's actually depressing. To I think. thought it was pink. But uh, chicken meat in well, Australia is pink, cooked. right? Have you mean cooked? No, no, no. As in uncooked chicken. It's like the, it's a pinkish, oh, okay. white pink. No, no, you're right. Sorry, what I meant was like the um, you know, the skin and the um, like the fat in the chicken's yellow. It's not white. Oh yeah, that's yeah. normal. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, 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 and the skin's meant to be yellow, not white. Yep. Yeah, yeah it's yeah. all in the feet. Because they yeah. do that with um, certain ducks and geese. They'll feed them, I think, just corn. Yeah. And it just turns their skin yellow. And they, I don't know, apparently it tenderizes the meat as well. But that's in France. I think the French are pretty good with their food. Like, their regulation's quite... I mean, oh, got yeah. Uh, but they do, like, fragois, man, which is oh, yeah. where they that's stuff true. the ducks to explode and shit. That's not nice either. I'd like to go out like that. <laughs> Force-fed Nutella sandwiches or something. <laughs> well, the, you know go. it, got, it got us talking about environmentalism on the uh, podcast, Sam. There so it must go. have worked. That's what I'm, That's I was about to say that. I was about to say that. If it got us fuck talking you, about it, fuck, fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> Look, 
the rules are pretty simple that we uh, if it appeared on multiple lists the amount of times it appears is that is clearly the uh, winner because we all thought about it so the day the fact that this is a retrospective uh, uh, selection by Dave probably suggests that it's somewhat forgettable and that might be the Netflix factor that, that it's just because it came out on Netflix you just forget about it that's actually probably what it is because I even forgot Bright was a movie as well mm, I yeah. enjoyed that I didn't enjoy I did it obviously as much as Dunkirk and there's other films mm. but I actually did enjoy Bright as a as just a movie I did so, too. Uh, like, yeah, I, I would watch. I'll probably watch that again at some point when people. Yeah, the, sequel, the sequel's got it got green lit. Yeah, yeah. Uh, when that's coming out, people shit on it because it's like, oh, you're you're playing it's heavy handed with the race card and how you know orcs meant to be a slave class and i.e. African Americans, um, mm. but then why? Did, so like, what? Like that's that's your fucking country, man. Like. Yeah, that, I honestly thought for an action movie, it was pretty entertaining. So, okay, so just to wrap that up, so well done to Dunkirk. That appeared on everybody's list. So that got, uh, I guess, the Full Metal Award for Best Movie of 2017 goes to Dunkirk, followed by runner-up by Okja. So there we go. So, Age, what was the a film that you are most disappointed with in 2017? Uh, I think we might have the same one, but Baby Driver. Ooh. Uh, uh, the, movie, the movie that dare not speak its name. Okay. Yeah. A lot of hype. You know, good director and then yeah. just yeah. Just terrible. Yeah, it was very disappointing. And they couldn't even blame Kevin Spacey for it either. <laughs> oh man. I I can convince that Edgar Wright is not a good director, but everyone sucks his butthole so hard. It, this one was just a mishmash of cliched heist movies with a weird soundtrack that with awkward white man dancing and sexual predator on the set. <laughs> you know what I mean? It was just, uh, it was just, it was just, not, uh. yeah, pretty much. That's how I felt. Yeah, you couldn't. I couldn't wait to get the hell out of that that cinema. Like this is garbage. What the yeah. hell am I watching? Yeah, it was just um, it just makes no sense that he that had that movie get so much love when it was just so vanilla. Like, if you take them, if you take the sound soundtrack aspect out of it, and it, it truly fits that that was just hand fisted there. Like, he had an idea of structuring a movie around some songs, which is fine. Do whatever you want to your movie, but it just didn't connect with the plot of the film. And it was just bizarre. And it was really, in hindsight, weird seeing Kevin Spacey with that, that young nephew of his as well. <laughs> yeah, now in retrospect. Yeah, in retrospect. Like, Dave, have you seen Baby Driver, Dave? No, I haven't. Okay, so Kevin Spacey plays this fucking... He's I meant envy to be... you, Dave. I yeah, envy you. Kevin Spacey... Well, that was another one that had a great trailer. It did have a trailer. <laughs> yeah. Um, Kevin Spacey plays this sort of guy who connects criminals with jobs and he's like a criminal mastermind where he plots out jobs and whatever. So and it's not a stretch to his usual. <laughs> yeah, but he's got this weird little kid that he, he that he brings around in his car and then he calls him his nephew and it's just like, right. why is he hanging out with his little boy? This is really weird. And it's like, and then what broke, the news that broke later on, it just makes this whole thing even more weirder. It's but bizarre. Is there any payoff for the kid? None. Not, none whatsoever. So it's not like you found out the kid was secretly that 80-year-old man that had one of those weird genetic diseases or something? <laughs> no. <laughs> that would have been the, cool. Yeah. That would have been good. Um, I think the kid was there just for a comedy scene. So that was pretty much it. But it was just so dumb. It's just full of so much cliched bullshit. Like, oh, I never used the same crew twice. But then he literally uses the same crew twice. Like it's it's fucking the, the dumbest piece of shit film you've ever seen. Like I couldn't, I could not describe how boring and cliched 
And I get it. If you don't watch, if you're not a fan of movies and you don't watch heist movies, you could probably say, oh, this is so unique. But if you've seen any Tarantino movie, you'd know that a lot of this bullshit, and he and he even Tarantino borrows a lot from other other directors and other genres. But this lifts so much. Literally, it's actually just uninspiring. It's actually like depressing to think that this is guys meant to be the most creative director in Hollywood at the moment. Yeah, right. And I agree, Age. Uh, I had massive hopes for that one, and I was really ant to go see it. But I left that cinema just fucking salty as anything. I wanted to leave early. My my my, my partner, my wife didn't wouldn't wouldn't let me because she just can't stand the fact of walking out in the cinema. Making us she like it? She did. But again, I I argue it's because she doesn't know genre that genre very well. Um, and she likes musicals, so that kind of played into that. Because I didn't realize that this was a musical. I, I kind of understood that music played a part, but this is flat out a musical. It's almost like a third character of the soundtrack because there's large segments of the film when it's just him with headphones on and he's dancing to the music you're listening to for like the whole song. I'm not talking about in real time. You're listening to a fucking 30s fucking Motown song or whatever, a blues song or for that, like whatever song it is for like three to four minutes and he's just lo- looking at this idiot with this dumb, doughy-faced, in quotes, leading actor dance around poorly to this fucking song. It was bizarre. It was actually really bizarre. And I just, I just think the movie was miscast from top to bottom and its story was uninspired, bland, boring. And the best thing about it was when it ended. Simple as that. <laughs> Sounds like it was great. Great experience all around. <laughs> Savage. All right. So that's um, Baby Driver. Dave, give us your pick. For me, the letdown of this year was... Um... Alien. Oh, I, was, I thought you were going to say Star Wars. Okay, I totally misread that. <laughs> yeah, you did okay. misread it. I didn't misread it. Alien. Hey, all right, all right. Talk to us through why you were disappointed with Alien. Look, I, Star Wars was disappointing, but nowhere near as disappointing as Aliens. So it's been a while since we've had like an Aliens movie, like a long mm. time. Yeah. And um, all the trailers for this one were pretty cool. Um, the style was awesome. I thought, okay, finally we're going to get a sick Aliens movie. It's going to go back to its roots. Yeah, just let me down in every conceivable way possible. <laughs> I feel like I'm talking a lot in this episode, but it's okay. It's all right. It's all good. Let's well, show, why, mate. Yeah, well, the, reason, <laughs> the reason why I didn't, I had zero hopes for this film, so it didn't let me down. In, in, it was actually expected that I, I knew that this was going to be shit. Is because one really Scott. We went in this in that in our very first ever episode of this podcast. We talked about this really Scott factor, and I think we talked about it a couple of times as well. He's done for, at the time for me. He still had some goodwill. Like I didn't, I wasn't of that opinion at that time. Okay, but that's that killed that movie. Killed it for me. That's when I knew that he was done. It was after I saw that. The other second thing was um, the fact that they Fox ship panned the sequel that they greenlit, which which was originally going to bring back Ridley and. Uh, is it not Hicks? What's his name? Michael Bean's character, Dave. What's his name from from Aliens? Um, shit. shit, I can't remember it now. I'm gonna look that up. Um, but I remember Michael Bean. Yeah, he was dead. But how are they gonna bring him back? Oh, we actually talked about this in the podcast. Remember? Yeah, yeah, we did. Yeah, and the fact that they they shit canned that, and and the, the and the, the the sequel that they were gonna do was gonna take place like after 45 years after that the events of Aliens, and they were gonna ignore. Aliens three and four, and have this as as the sequel, right? So that was that was the fucking that was gonna be sweet. Uh, Hicks, yeah, it was Hicks, yeah, Hicks. So um, that that's what I was really hanging out to see more Space Marines. When they when we got this, and and then he said that this was gonna be uh, in parts a, a sequel to Prometheus, and it's gonna be linked and blah, blah blah blah. I was like, yeah, I could give a fuck. This they've they've killed this franchise. This in Predator, they've killed it. I mean, there's nothing that they give us that takes the story in a direction where you're one interested in the characters 
and two gives a new sort of twist on the on the xenomorph saga so it's like eh. yeah no that, i totally agree that's why it let me down so much because i still had will with really squat um i thought it was going to be at least a, like a cool entry back into it because mm. we're getting back to the, the aliens type thing because he had the whole uh, prometheus thing and it's like all right so now we're back to aliens have been created it's full circle this should be pretty sick it's going to get mm. its branch off should be back to that old school like horror style bit of thriller and that was just like so meh it was unbelievable <laughs> <laughs> it's actually like yeah it doesn't make any sense how studio direct um not directors but executives will sit through a screening and go yeah this is good do do, do you think they know that they put out shit no nah, i think ridley scott has like you said he's just lost the plot and i think a lot of them just don't care um like it's almost harder to fuck up these franchises than what it is to get it right i think if you if you keep this stuff pretty simple it's usually going to go pretty well it's the second that they start trying to do some sort of asshole creative flair or some other shit where it really sort of falls over yeah um and especially when like he was obviously going for some sort of grandiose biblical theme yada yada about you know man becoming god and all this sort of shit and it's like Mm. just like you're not a philosopher you're not a modern day (laughs) philosopher yeah, exactly. right? don't try and like impart some sort of wisdom on commentary of mankind and influencing science like you're a fucking movie director some movie directors have some pretty cool commentary about the world today and that's the extent of it like mm. know your role do you know what i mean make yeah. a fucking thriller horror movie again just get <laughs> stay back in the to lane. basics stay in the lane stay in the lane and yeah. i thought that's what this was i thought it was, that's what it was going to be so that's why mm. i was so amped for it it just no just fucking crushed me and I know Aliens is dead. Finally, come to that realization that Aliens is dead. Yeah, I uh, I came to that realization lucky enough before I committed to seeing that movie. So, yeah, that's a good call. It's a good entry because I think a lot of people feel the same. And I guess with entry, I want to talk about Star Wars: The Last Jedi. Okay, so Baby Driver, I I'm not obviously invested in as much as I am Star Wars. But if if say The Last Jedi, I don't know. It's hard to articulate, but the fall from I didn't walk out of um, The Last Jedi thinking, oh, this is utter garbage as I did with Baby Driver. But because it's Star Wars, it's like, oh, man, that was just did not hit the mark in terms of what I wanted in a Star Wars movie. Um, you can go back to listen to our Star Wars review, but I guess the, the biggest thing that I came out of that movie was realizing that this, these movies are no longer, they're no longer special in the sense that you're not going to get one every four or five years. You're going to get one every year now. And some of them will be good, some of them will be bad. And I think this was the first movie that's made me probably age out of Star Wars and realize that probably that this franchise, in terms of the new movies, are probably going in a, in a direction that you don't necessarily agree with and, and, and consequently you're probably just not going to be that invested going forward. So that's okay, that's fine. Like There are some elements of Star Wars last year that I really loved, like the whole Kylo Ren story arc. And the fight scene, I thought that was between Kyler, with Kyler and, and Ray against those guards. I thought that was amazing. But overall, I think the, the, the story arc that they're telling in this sequel trilogy is something that I'm kind of just meh, like you, Dave. Not really what invested in longer. Death, death of Akbar. Who the fuck's <laughs> responsible for that shit? That's what I want to know. Yeah. That travesty. That's Lucky? pretty Lucky flippant. Me. Yeah. Like, who's, who, who's being slapped in the face by that? Like, you know, mm. what pisses me off the most about that, that sequel that sequence is that you someone made the comment oh but was even that really big of character in just the first three films and i'm like um well yeah he was because he did actually lead 
the assaults, right? Like, it's not like he was he a fucking second character. Death He's a fucking He's... hero yeah. of the... Like, yeah, of course it matters. And then when you read the books, and granted, I know they completely wiped all that canon, and I'm wondering if that's maybe part of the whole wiping of the canon is to kill him off in the way they did. But, like, it's, it was just completely unnecessary. Like, why couldn't you have Akbar be the guy that sacrificed himself at the end? That makes more sense. You've got the hero who literally wiped out two Death Stars and he gets killed in a fucking off-camera. Yeah, it's bizarre. They, they Overall, they wanted to put a handbrake on theorizing and giving everything, um, linking everything and basically putting weight on the minutia of every single plot point. And to the, but they did that to the extent where a lot of decisions made were just on the nose, I felt. So the death of Akbar, for one, um, I, 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 I find that really hard to stomach. Um, Can I get an I remember Akbar shirt or something? I remember <laughs> Akbar shirt 2017. Yeah. Do they exist? Do you know, do you know, that, do you, do you know that, um, that he's like, there's like, he's the ultimate in Star Wars memes. Like his meme game of <laughs> it's a trap is probably like the best internet meme of all time. Right? Easily. And he's gone. Easily. And he's gone. But he, he was a big player. Like you read the Rogue Squadron, and yeah. Akbar's turning up there too, right? Yeah. And like they're just pulpy, like just some sort of pulpy books. But it's entertaining. It's like, mm. like I get if I read like fucking now number four in Rogue Squadron, and I know mm. he dies off. Like it's just, it's just shit. But I didn't even know. <laughs> Actually, he was I do want that shit. I didn't know. Yeah, like, I know. He was, <laughs> he, like he wasn't in the Force Awakens, and he wasn't even shown in um the Last Jedi. I mean, I might have missed him, but it's like. What do you mean? Why even say that comment? Why can he just died on some book? Like, why? Why even say that comment? Like, anyway. So that's one decision I thought was on the nose. Movie. He could have got his own movie. Well, I I don't know because of um what Laura Dern's character did they zoom in on her face when she was about to die? I don't know. They probably. I mean, the editing was so fucking literal in this film. Like, like it would have maybe it would have been too funny if they zoomed in on Akbar's face when he was about to die. Yeah, it's some big squid. Could you? Could you imagine if he just ripped back and said, I caught you in a trap or some shit like that? Like, you know what I mean? Like, you know how legendary that would have been if they paid homage Walk, to the to my trap. Yeah, that's right. Or it's time to spring the trap and hit that button and fucking have him go through. Like, that would have been... That's epic, right? That's what if, Akbar-esque. They, what if it had, like, a... um C, Was it CSI? Wow! Like, <laughs> like screaming. Like, <laughs> and he puts on space sunglasses. <laughs> Customized through his eyes on either side of his head. Oh, like, why, why was this film so speciest? Like, what's it got against Calamarians? Can't they be heroes too? <laughs> yeah. Does um, everyone have to be a fucking human? Yeah, exactly. Oh, um, and, the, okay, so that, the other thing I found that was on the nose was like, oh, you know, <laughs> the messages that they were trying to send were just so retarded. Oh, sorry, I shouldn't say that word, but they were so, like, how we just mentioned Okaja brought through some pretty socially um, important discussions through its film, but they presented it in a very sort of entertaining way, but it's still thought-provoking. Mm. This film was like, oh, no, you know, love is what matters. And, you know, like they go to Canto Bight and they escape the prison of the, the jail. Oh, you know, this was a bus, this mission, and they, they free the space camel. And she's like, no, no, no. The mission was a success. Like, it was just so cliched and like, oh, we get it. Save animals. Like, you know what I mean? Like, all this weird sort of, you know, a hero dies for a few seconds. You know, she stops Finn from killing himself to save the resistance when Laura Dern 
character did it just 10 seconds ago. Like, it doesn't make any sense about, like, it was just contradictory and, and it, it was just hand-fisted in some of the messages that I was trying to present about, you know, as long as we have the message, that's what we got, and that's we win. And it was like, yeah, you got the message, but then nobody's listening to you because nobody's coming to your help. And I get it, a kid with a broom, but he's like, Maybe oh, that gen- pissed me off that Oliver gener- Twist bullshit at the end. <laughs> yeah. He's a generation behind. Like he's not going to be able to help you. Like oh, but the as as we got the message and it's like, yeah, I, those are all good stuff. But you're just saying it's such it's all, it's just so weirdly presented. The layer flying through space. She's a Jedi, like flat out. So mm. maybe I don't know what that was about, and it was never mentioned again. Um, they killed Yoda- the scale as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The scale about because it. you go to. Um, by going to that mining planet that was not that mining sorry the gambling planet where basically they're like yeah i sell fucking arms to the these guys and i sell arms to the rebels it just made it seem like it was a gang fight like the scale was shrunk down so far it's like do these two political (laughs) times even matter anymore like does this fight even matter if everyone's (laughs) just living their life like they don't give a fuck Granted, they're all like the one percenters of the galaxy, but if they're literally just chilling, like yeah, whatever, yeah, also you fucking a few. Well, you only want Tie Fighters, don't you want X Wings? The Rebels got X Wings. I can say X Wings. Oh, yeah, doesn't like, make sense either. Black, like, like all right, X-wing. sure, I'll just tell you Tie Fighters, okay? Like, X Wings are clearly better. Why wouldn't you? Why wouldn't the Imperials just buy X Wings if they can just buy That's equipment? A- yeah, it, it made no sense. It's like selling like Crips only AK forty sevens and the fucking yeah, Bloods yeah. only M sixteens, and but not allowing them to buy the other type of gun. Like it's it was just stupid that stuff. Like it didn't. Yeah, I, the more I thought about that movie, the more I didn't like it. But I, to be to be frank, Sambo, I actually reckon Aliens was more of a disappointment than what Star Wars was, just because I think the realization you. I kind of realized that Star Wars was no longer for me as a film or mm. like I'm definitely not a target audience after um the uh, seven. I was like, yep. that was cool, but I get it. They've moved on. The The player base has changed. This is really just me turning up to see a bit of science fiction. And if it's cool, I'm lucky. If it's not, oh, well. Um, and there's only just some um, like of the old school things that really sort of get me now. And it's like, being so disrespectful to characters like Akbar and stuff like that that really fucks me off now yeah. with those films. And like just the shitty stuff like that is, yeah, you know. So those decisions of killing Snoke, I reckon that's that's full metal. Like that's pretty cool. Like it's the Sith yeah. apprentice killing the master. I love it. I don't care about Snoke. I don't care, like his heritage background. Kill him. Who cares? No. Mm. Yeah, I agree. But, I didn't mind but, that either. I thought that was cool. Yeah. Ray, though, the thing is, though, Lucas has always said that this is Star Wars is fundamentally a story about the Skywalkers. It's about the Skywalker lineage and their sort of impact on the overall sort of galaxy and how this particular family is important. You know, whatever. That's that's the folk. They're protagonists. Now, what I said earlier about making these handbrake decisions, they pulled so many of these left field cogs that by the time it got to that stage, it was like, whatever. Like, who cares? Of course she's nobody because you don't want us to, you don't want to give us that sort of like tradition or that formulaic Star Wars that we've received in the past, which is fine. Do what you want. It's your movie. No, but you get like, you get that because it's Leia's kid that is really the pivotal character here. Yeah. Kylo Ren is the guy that can either become the emperor or he can unite the galaxy. This should really be a Kylo Ren story. This is a Kylo Ren story. This is Kylo Ren's, this is... 
This is hundred percent yeah. correct, and I think we're all getting distracted by the the message of the like, rape weird, Yeah, and to be honest, I like the fact that Ray has found this awakening and she's trying to save the galaxy and do the right. But I, to be honest, I feel like she's like a Luke Skywalker version two point like the old Luke Skywalker, not the one we got in this movie, where she's just trying to do the right thing. The fraud. To, yeah, she's trying to do the right thing twenty four seven. And whereas Kylo Ren is kind of a bit more like a postmodern sort of anti-hero where he's conflicted because he has been wronged. Like Luke Skywalker wanted to kill him. Um, thought about it. Well, okay, thought about it. He had the lightsaber <laughs> drawn. Yeah, And he was wronged. And now he feels like he has to exact his revenge because he's betrayed. Let's think about it. Let's, if you look about logically, if I was sent to go – train under my uncle he was probably a dick to me like not a cool uncle like hey sam you know you can go get a coke out of the fridge without getting off the couch but more like no you gotta use your jedi powers responsibly and then some fucking pederast snoke some old guy who was interested interested in young males hit me up and said hey you want a gold cloak you know start let's talk about the dark side of the force and i and just say i entertained that and then my uncle broke my balls and then drew his lightsaber and wanted to kill me. You'd, you'd have the massive, a massive cross to bear with everyone involved with Luke Skywalker. And yeah, let's be honest. his grandfather's Darth Vader. Like, yeah, and that's, that's the heritage a, you link to. He's like, well, I was meant to yeah. be a bad guy. So I like that. That Kylo Ren for me is the most interesting storyline in this new... I'm only really invested into that. I, I feel like this. they've got too many characters now and they probably shouldn't have made the decision to maybe get rid of all the old characters in the first one and just get them all out of the way in Force Awakens and then let these two films breathe entirely of new characters. But mm. they're just juggling a lot of balls in the air by consistently introducing new characters and not giving the ones that they have already introduced any sort of meaningful um, evolution in their story arc. So, yeah, I thought it was just a bit on the nose how they did the Poe story about having to learn your lessons about being a responsible leader. I mean, I thought that was a bit weird that they are trying to teach him you know, don't follow your instinct, always follow orders, always, you know, as opposed to trying to maybe say, think of your actions or think things through first before you act. It was a bit weird how they were just sending that message out. And the other thing... Yeah, repeatedly as well. Yeah. You're getting bashed it's just, over the head with it. The one thing about these Star Wars movies, Dave, I'm, I'm raging out now for fuck's sakes, <laughs> is that the rebels love round fucking table discussions about their plans, right? <laughs> That's all they fucking do is have round tables about their plans. In it's old Hope. school EU style, right? <laughs> and at New Hope, Empire, yeah. Return of the Jedi, Force Awakens, Rogue One, they all have fucking round tables about what the next step is, right? Why the fuck would they not have a round table about what the next step was in this one? Why wouldn't Laura Dern just tell Poe what the fuck the, the plan was? It makes no sense. It makes a lot no of it sense. Didn't make sense. A lot of it didn't because they, were, because they were also losing fuel when they could have just gone full speed and stopped the engines. And let a nurse yeah. carry them through space. Yeah, I, no, I, I made that comment. There's no resistance well. if in space. They're both going at full speed yeah. and they can't catch them, then they will never catch them regardless yeah. of how much fuel they have. Fucking make, <laughs> nothing makes sense. It doesn't make it's any sense. So there's, there's no resistance to space, physical resistance. The inertia will carry you indefinitely until you bump into start and die. Oh, my God. Yeah. I, I got into some little Twitter beef um, on about it because I said it makes no sense that the first order contract them through light speed, but then they can't scan for nearby planets. So if they can escape, if they can fly to a planet, they can see it, right? So if you can see the planet, logic would dictate that that's where they're going to go to. So why are the First Order just freaking out 
about that. Like, why wouldn't they see that planet first, if that makes sense? No, no. I think it was just a case of they didn't realize that all the escape pods had been ejected. Like, if, for instance, they would, if they had caught the ship and no one was on board, then they would have gone to the planet. Yeah. But, okay. All right. But clearly, if you're carrying that much of an arsenal behind that ship, why wouldn't you just say, okay, two ships go with the ship? And the rest of us just go to the planet because you only need one. You actually need one ship to go with that that re- resistance. I wouldn't even bother, man. It's it's so dumb that all the light fighting craft could make it to those ships. Yeah, you're you're the first order. You don't care about life. So exactly. as far as you're concerned, if it takes you to lose over you know twenty twenty thousand pilots to end the rebellion, you're gonna do it. You don't give a shit. You just train yeah. more. Or you'll set up clone factories and bring back clones. It's like you don't give a fuck. Yeah, that makes no sense, right? Like, yeah, it was just—it was an average film, man. It was just average plot holes. It was there to sell toys, present some new hero characters, go on about some sort of, you know, bullshit. I don't know, whatever's fucking popular in Hollywood at the moment. Okay, well, we said enough about that, and I'll probably my other point to conclude is, um, General Hux is just a punching bag for Kylo Ren, and it's just a bit weird seeing an Imperial be so fucking cowardly and inept at being a general. So shit too. It was shit. It's, it's, look, like I said, at the end of the day, these are they're just movies. They're never going to stop making these films. Disney announced another trilogy. They're going to be. It's basically going to be a Star Wars film every year for the rest of my life. Yeah, that's a fact. True. This is. Did age pick? Did age pick his disappointing one? Yeah, he did. He said Baby Driver. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. So it's basically it's no longer special. It will always just be. It will just be another movie that you get every year, and ultimately, um, that's okay. Because it's now being targeted. I shouldn't say it's always been targeted kids, but it's now been quite clearly presented for. It's hard to articulate, but basically, I guess there comes a time in everyone's age where where you got to like let something go, if that makes sense, and just kind of you know not get as invested in, in things and just move on with your life. And and I'm now at that point with Star Wars. Do you think they that made they- that comment as well in the uh, film? I don't know if you guys noticed that. Yeah, let like the past out the Kylo Ren's thing was like, yeah, let the past die. Yeah, hundred percent. That's a dig. And I guess my involvement in Star Wars is now not dying, but yeah, slowly. It's getting there. Yeah, I, I don't know. I think it was designed to get parents who grew up with Star Wars to bring their kids to get introduced to new characters. And then the parents go, oh, fuck, I'm saying goodbye to all these original characters. Yeah, maybe. I don't Probably. know. I have a feeling that was their intention. It's bizarre, though, because it's, it's Lucasfilm has turned um, Star Wars into almost like a cult sort of um, mm. following with Star Wars Celebration and whatnot. And they harbor, not harbor, that's the wrong word, or they cultivate a, a, an environment where they, all, like all these Disney review old films have had massive critical acclaim, right? But ultimately, they're not really that good good film. Like the, the three films that we've gotten, I would argue, are pretty average, all of them, right? I mean, Force Awakens was enjoyable, but it's quite clearly a rehash slash reboot of the franchise. And I enjoyed probably two thirds of that film. Really, really enjoyed it, but the last third probably let me down a bit. Rogue One, on the other hand, was, was uh, I guess, just pure fan service. Um, and I really enjoyed the last half of that film, but the first half was a struggle. And this one, trying to just quite clearly is saying, okay, you got to let everything go now. Let's take this left hand break and take this into a new direction. And it's just some of the fans love it, some of the fans really hate it, but it's the critics still love it. So they're like really cultivating this super hype where everything they touch is golden. And I think, um, I think to be fair, the films that we've gotten have been like, you know, there's average films, and but they've been serviceable. But I just don't think that they're being, I, I think 
it should be okay to say that you don't like the films and not get... It's almost like if you don't like the films, you're being contrarian and you get accused of being contrarian and you're, you're not a Star Wars fan. You just like you just like the, you know, you like the original expanded universe. You're just like, you know what I mean? Where it's, it's really bizarre to be um, put in that position. If Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah, but same, same was with Blade Runner though. Like I thought that was... I thought, again... It was shot fantastically, one of the greatest mm. cinemas piece I've seen. But I thought it was shit. Critics loved it. I, I couldn't mm. resolve that. Like I didn't. I couldn't get that. So I don't. I don't, I don't know if it's unique to Disney. Is what I'm saying. Maybe not. Maybe not. Hey, you're probably Wars. right. Uh, we could probably do another pod on how movies, our, oh, not original movies, but what we grew up with is being mm. shit canned mm. for the sake <laughs> of profit. Can I? For the next maybe generation. it's just dumbing down though of the audiences. Like I think mm-hmm. if these films gave their audiences more credit, they probably would be better films. But like Sam, when you talk about movie critics, like if David, uh, what's his name? Like Margaret Pomeranch and David fucking, um, I didn't read his review of Star Wars, but like those old school film critics generally had pr- consistent criticism of more modern day films over the last like 10 years of the um, pandering to audience, like, retardation almost. Yeah, like, lowest um, comp denominator. Not, yeah, not being able to comprehend either themes or understanding, um, like, higher concepts. So when you get something like Star Wars, which if you it, you say, like, 4, 5, and 6 were targeted to kids, yeah, I guess the from the sets and, like, the spaceships and all that sort of stuff, like, they all turned into pretty sweet toys. But the concepts were pretty... There was always undertones. Like mm. it wasn't so smack you over the head with it. Like Luke's progression as a character was slow but methodical. Like it's, you know, you understood the significance of him losing his family at the start of the film, but it, it didn't need to be explained with ridiculous exposition and by having fucking the script like literally like read back to you what's happening, <laughs> or have someone <laughs> explain it in their dialogue. Yeah. Whereas yeah. I watch these movies today and, you know, like the Star Wars ones, and I'm like, surely kids aren't that stupid. Like, are we, like, what are you guys doing? Is it, it is your, yeah. is this your market now? Like, is your market. It's bizarre. Yeah, I mean, like that whole when he's killing Kylo Ren and you see, um, sorry, when Kylo Ren's killing Snoke and you literally see them edit the, the, the twisting of the lightsaber. It's, it's just bizarre. You're just waiting for the scene to see him kill. Snoke, as opposed to getting that um, that sense of oh, what's happening next? If that makes sense, it's like literally just waiting for the payoff, not not as opposed to not knowing what's going to happen. Like literally, they're literally showing them turning the, the lightsaber towards Snoke. It's like, well, do you need to show that? Like, and they they just make it. That's what I, I mean. Know. Yeah, I know. that's exactly what I mean. Like, it's everything has to be explained. Every yeah, I, I don't know, I, and it, it could just be a sign of the market. It's pan, um, pan, you know pandering to mm. i mean america is what makes up what's their population like 300 or million people yeah. it's a huge market right and that's usually the domestic market for these films is massive and then international market comes secondary so not that i want to say you know i'm not going to get into a political thing here but america hasn't exactly been known for developing some of the greatest intellectuals over the last five to ten years and yeah. education exactly world number so. one What's with the American no, just, bashing? Just it is what it is, man. Like you watch, you know. I think Netflix is actually starting to work out that America is maybe not the be all and end all of um, critical acclaim and actually producing some pretty cool shit. Like when they're starting to bring international shows to your default, um, your domestic distribution. Like Dark, mm-hmm. I don't know if you guys have seen that yet. That's a German one, right? Like they're starting to bring German and Swedish detective and police yeah. story. Like. Yeah. Yeah. So Netflix has obviously acknowledged that other countries are producing cool stuff. Let's get out there. And yet 
every major Hollywood film that's been coming out has been con- like even the superhero films, man. Like you watch the you watch the first those three Batman's Nolan's Batman's there the not, not complexity but his ability to, to deliver like impactful scenes and convey a lot of information without ridiculous exposition all that sort of shit in those three compared to a modern day superhero film mm. it, it's like there's leaps and bounds in difference even when you look at the first Marvel films like Iron Man was like a it was pretty clever that you know you yeah. watch this regression of like American cinema it's pretty I... crazy I would argue, okay, yeah, I would say that, but I wouldn't say this. It's pretty hard to argue if it's unique to Americans because it's this film, you know, particularly Star Wars, is shown everywhere. So I don't know if that's unique to Australia, uh, Americans. I just, I just feel like in terms of the story, this Star Wars film that we got, the reason why I found it so disappointing was overall the the plot was just not that engaging, and the decisions that they made, I felt, were to say. Were, were purely done to the point where, like, to, to be contrarian and to say, no, we, we, we want to stop with this obsessive nature of the Star Wars fandom and we want to take it in this new direction. But they made so many of those decisions in this film that, like, when it got to the point when Luke died, you were like, whatever. You didn't, nothing resonated in this film. It wasn't... It, they it don't wasn't, allow it to, Sam. That's no, they, I mean. exactly they don't allow that. it to. It, in in it's like they just kept rolling it off after one after another, and and I just felt like I actually have a theory, and I said this in the review pod with Rob, that I just felt like Lucasfilm was trolling us with this film because they specifically said let the past die. You know, all the fun of being a Star Wars fan is to nerd out about this stuff and to theorize and talk to your mates about it and get on podcasts and listen to podcasts and 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 engage the community about what you think could happen and just have fun with it. Right, that's probably the major, most. The best thing about being a Star Wars fan is having fun with the with with the stories and the expanded universe and the and the games and everything. But it's so bizarre that the decisions that they were allowed to make in this film, where they fundamentally said, "Stop that! We 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 have control of the story, and we'll tell the story we want to tell." And I was just like, "All right, I know you say about fan service, and you can't give too much fan service." And George Lucas told his stories in the prequels and nobody liked them. And I know it's a balancing act because Force Awakens was a lot of fan service and that. Rogue One's a lot of fan service and that. But perhaps maybe tell a story that doesn't necessarily have to be written in the space of 14 hours directly after the events of The Force Awakens and doesn't have so many significant impacts that they just stack up on one another and where you're like, well, wait, what just happened? Wait, what just happened? Wait, just what, what, what happened? Maybe just... It's, why can't you let the film, the Star Wars film breathe and give us maybe, instead of going in that way where you have to narrow the scope, why can't you go in the other way and make anything possible? Why can't you set the, why can't you set the film over the course of a year as opposed to the course of one day or, or 14 hours? Why can't you say, why can't you keep it open-ended that, okay, maybe Snoke died, but you're still going to find out about more about the First Order? Because you don't find any any more information about the First Order and how they came about. You don't find any information on Knights of Ren. Like, where the fuck are they in this conflict? They're meant to be this badass group of um, dark dark force users, but they're just non-existent. Um, you know, they don't give us any sort of, I guess, like, it's they give us left-hand turns, but you, st- you still know the outcomes. Like, you knew that Luke at some stage was going to give Rey some form of training on that album, didn't you? Mm-hmm. Like, you just knew, 100%. Yeah, yeah of course. Like, eventually, that was going to happen. He would break her down with something. But why why, why make that process so tedious? Like, oh, okay, yeah, he's telling a few jokes. This is pretty funny. But I just don't understand, like, 
why it had to be such a narrow scope and what and as soon as Luke found out that Leia was in trouble and that Han had died I just don't understand why he wouldn't just for the sake of helping out his mates one last time wouldn't be willing to get off that island straight away it's just it was just really just making some of these weird decisions that just made this film feel so long and tenuous and boring and mundane where Star Wars used to be about adventure and excitement and anything's possible and let's theorize about this or where's this guy come from, who knows, and who's this guy, who's that guy, as opposed to just saying we're not giving any explanations to anything, what you think doesn't matter and who cares because, you know, we've got these guys on a ship and, you know, these these these, these films will never rent because one day we sell weapons to these guys and then the next day we sell weapons to them guys and they just one day you blow them up and one day they blow you up. It's like, all right, so none of this means anything anymore. As soon as Leia came back from the dead, I realized nothing means anything. Like, and there's no stakes anymore. There's no perceived stakes anymore. That all died with The Force Awakens. There's no perceived stakes anymore. Stage, you convinced now that that's the worst film of 2017? Well, unfortunately, I had to go because we've been going on for about almost two hours. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. oh, you're still there? Oh, shit. Oh, Jesus. Sorry, balls. Um, okay, uh, yeah, I'm ranting long enough. I'm ranting long enough. Okay. Yeah. Um, sorry, well, Cut guys. him off, man. The guys have said a word in like 30 minutes. So I just okay, asked him a sorry. question. Go, Age. Go. Go. <laughs> yeah, no, Speak. look. It, it was up there. I... As a Star Wars fan, I didn't like it. As a as a movie, it wasn't terrible. You know what I mean? Like you've been following these characters for so long, and you're used to a certain you know a certain level of storytelling. And you go to this, it's like, all right. So whatever I was thinking about coming into this movie didn't they didn't take any of that on board. It's just they're just treating it like a brand new movie with the same <laughs> characters from the last one. It was a bit irritating. It was, and at the end of the day, it's just a movie. Who gives a fuck? Build a bridge and get over it. All right, listeners, we we've been going on for almost two hours. That last 45 minutes was just a pure Last Jedi rant. I, I, it's, it's in the past. Let the past die, as Kylo Ren says. It's over. Who cares? You blacked um, out. You blacked, blacked out. out. 2017, I still remember. Yeah. Make the t-shirts. Alibaba. Alibaba. 10,000 units. Hashtag never forget. Never forget Akbar 2017. Never forget Akbar 2017. It was a trap. <laughs> it was a trap. It was a fucking trap. <laughs> okay, listeners, um, thank you for listening. Uh, this has been a very enjoyable first year of the podcast. We're going to keep doing these. I will just say this very quickly. In Australia, pretty much February and January are very dry months in terms of movies. So we're going to keep smashing out some of those flashbacks for you until we come across a film that we deem worthy enough of our attention. Until next week, thanks, Age. Thanks, Dave. Thanks, Emma. Thanks, Mark.